Well, our last financial lesson was about universal life policies, so it only makes sense to move forward to talk about uh, term insurance. This is another strategy that is incorporated to a, a philosophy that is sort of losing ground and a little bit of steam as we go forward, but you see it incorporated into other financial practices. And obviously you saw the title as term insurance is great, except when it's not. So I don't want my message to sound like I am railing against term life insurance uh, or life insurance in general because it is incredibly important. But what gets lost in all of it is certainly the opportunity cost when it comes to term insurance and the lost potential uh, therein. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the importance of specifically life insurance in this case and insurance in general. But if you're a younger person and the unthinkable happens and uh, you pass away, how much is it to tell your wife and kids you love them after you die. Because everyone's going to have bills and they'll be coming to bill you for the funeral for whatever treatment you had if it was an unexpected death. But there'll be one person with a check and that's your life insurance representative. And it's a way you can tell your family that you care about them, that you did the right thing, that you love them so much that that your not only your life was worth it, but that you want them to be taken care of even when you're not there. Because there are certain kinds of insurance that'll pay your mortgage off. They'll pay to pay to bury you. They'll pay medical bills. Maybe you could use it to get your kids through college. Whatever it is, the importance of that death benefit cannot be understated. One of the first exercises I did when I got into this business, and actually uh, my own policy, um, who I, and I'm not married or anything, but I do have obviously beneficiaries, a couple of charities and uh, causes that I like. Um, my mentor said, write a letter. Don't send it, don't use it, but whoever is benefiting from the policy, write them a letter, tell them, a child, tell them how much you care about them. And that you didn't want to leave them hanging should the inevitable happen. That you were still there for them. Of all the things that you love about them. And on your death, have the agent give them that letter. With the check. How important is that? And furthermore, 
how cheap is it if you're young to say that 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 you care about them i saw it as a man going a child really going off to college with one of my dearest friends where you know his wife is foreign and he had lost his job in 2008 and had tried to start his own company in 2012 and it wasn't and he was doing all right but the only insurance he had on his life was the group policy that um the, the group policy that, that his prior company had, but as being self-employed, he didn't roll over the insurance. So he had no, no life insurance or anything. He's got two kids going to college, a wife that speaks English, but, you know, is still a lot of her family's um, out of the country. And unfortunately, he had a medical condition pop up and they had to sell so many of his things just to, just to bury him. Is that really what you want? I understand it costs money. But having that death benefit is important. And at what point in your life, I would ask, does it become non-important? And I want you to keep that in mind as we go over this philosophy here. At what point in life is it not important to say to your wife or your kids or whoever, this is my parting gift to you? Because there's a philosophy out there that says to use term insurance in a strategy that's called uh, buy term and invest the difference. That you take what it would cost to buy uh, a whole life policy and you compare that to what it would cost to buy a term policy and you take the difference and whatever because the whole life would cost more and that you take that difference, invest it in the market and then you buy the term insurance and then when you reach 45 or 50, get rid of the term insurance and, and then invest everything else. So the most poignant question to ask is when does that death benefit become unimportant? When does your life become worthless? Now I know you're supposed to have money in the market that, that when you die goes to your, your family, but you know that's part of your assets and that will be included in a new death benefit should you get a new term policy or should you get a new whole life contract, whatever it is. Wouldn't you like to add to that? Or does there become a point where your life becomes worthless other than what you scrape together? I would argue no. I would argue your life still has an economic value and a future economic value, that if you hadn't died, you would still continue to earn money, hence the point of life insurance. But let's examine how just how much the insurance company makes on a term policy. You see, the average intern policy, and by that I mean I think the statistic is 98%. I could be wrong here, but I remember it being very high, um, somewhere in the 90 percentile, where they just don't pay a death benefit. So for 20 years, in some cases, you've paid the insurance company this monthly uh, or yearly premium, and they pay you nothing. Even though it's inevitable that you're going to die. There's been not one person on this earth who will not die at some point. Right? 
man, unless I'm wrong here, but but I I and I understand it seems like George Soros has been around forever, but that day will come, won't it? And the fact of the matter is, no matter how good medical technology gets, we are all going to die at some point. And if you're insuring that inevitability, why would you pay to have the insurance company never cash in on that and never cash in on that? So if we take if we take the average yearly premium on a term policy, which is about three hundred and twelve dollars, uh, and that's in the in the lower range, and we compound that out at the market average rate of return at seven point nine one percent. Just plugging this into investor.gov's compound interest calculator. Really handy tool. I'd recommend you use it. This is how you calculate opportunity cost. We compound that out for a 20-year term. And you could have had $14,136.19. And I understand that doesn't seem like a much, uh, much, except when you realize that that didn't buy anything. Seriously, they, you didn't buy a thing with that. That's the insurance companies. Now, they invest the money and they did whatever. But if you don't die within those 20 years, that $14,000 is gone forever. Now, of course, the number gets worse and worse the longer you stretch out the term. But, uh, you know, term policies only go out to, to 20 years. Not the same with a whole life contract. Because at some point you'll die. And that $14,000 would have bought a half million, million, two million, depending on the policy. It would have actually been more of an investment considering you would get a return on that. See, so the, the term policy, the term insurance is effective when you're younger. I don't hate term insurance. Term insurance, I would argue, is necessary to, to preserve your insurability. Term insurance is great to, when you're young, at a low cost, make sure that you're covered. You know, that's part of the, that's part of the financial philosophy that, that I teach, is that you got to take away, you got to plug holes. you got to take away the chance for a loss. That's why we deal with taxes. That's why we deal with uh, taking away risk. And the way you take away risk from a uh, financial plan is you buy insurance for whatever that risk is. But nothing is inevitable like the fact that you're going to die. And there's only one product that will cover your economic value that you would have had had you continued living. And as for the, I don't have the exact uh, statistics in front of me. Um, I'm sure you could look it up, but a lot of people in these buy term and invest the difference plans don't follow up with the invest the difference. They pocket the money, sure, but you know, might go to an extra car payment or buying a new Xbox or what have you, and then, you know, they'll put money in a 401k or their max out a mutual fund or whatever the advisor tells them to do. They'll get rid of the life insurance, and they've just lost. 14 grand which isn't a, a earth-shattering number to some people but what if you could have invested that 14 grand 
Here, this is fun. I didn't even think of this, but why don't we do it while we've got the uh, investor calculator up? What happens if we take that $14,136 and we compound that out just over 10 years? What could have happened if you would have actually put that money in your pocket or even had it in a place where it held reserves and, and, and still gain interest? So I'm going to go here and I'm going to plug in the initial investment, $14,136. We'll round down and leave the 19 cents off. Just going to compound this out for 10 years and we'll put in the average market rate of return, 7.91%. No variance. I'm going to put in the compound frequency just annually and if we calculate that, in 10 years that would have been worth 30265 and another 19 cents. Oh, look at that. So if you could have been putting some of that in the market or in something that provides a, a, a stable return, something that compounds in an uninterrupted manner, that 14000 turns into 30000 So it's actually a big deal that that money never buys anything. Again, I'm not saying insurance is bad. I'm not even saying term insurance is bad. But when you buy it and then don't convert it to anything or you buy it and you just let that money go, that does cost a lot. Of course, now there's a solution where you can still get a death benefit. And it actually buys something. And that's with whole life. That's the whole point of it. But you'll see people who, there are still remnants, and this came out in the 70s, this buy term and invest the difference. And it's gone a little bit by the wayside, but some remnants of that theory have made their way into different financial philosophies. And you can see that where people say, you know, max out your qualified plan, max out your um, mutual fund, IRA, whatever, buy term, let it go. Well, that's ends up being actually quite a bit if you compound that out annually. However, with the anecdote that I presented to you at the, the beginning with my friend and his father and, and my own experience, I can conclusively say that term insurance is great, except when it isn't. I'm Kevin Prenville, and this has been your financial lesson for the day.